testimony. Somebody, I've asked Brother Jerry Klein, and I'll just, I'll just say something about the enemy. This is, a, this is, it built my faith, and it built these kind of things, build my faith. As we, as you know, he's had a struggle getting his children from his first marriage. His wife, I, I've never met her, and so I'm not out to cast stones, and, but it's just, she's been just really made it rough on him and kept the pressure, you know, and he couldn't get his two kids, his girl and his son, and, and, uh, and so he's had them this summer for a few weeks already, and she was telling him he's got to do this and got to do that, and he's, you know, he's having to jump through the hoops and doing the best he can, but he's got a little story to tell. They were bringing him back, and uh, it was a sad story, but he's going to tell you about it himself. Come on, Brother Jerry. It, it might build your faith. Listen, God answers prayer, folks. God does answer prayer. Praise the Lord, church. So praise the Lord. How many know that we serve a miracle-working God? We serve a God that's never late. He's always on time. Amen. And if you need a miracle, you can receive your miracle today. Because he's already the healer. He's already the way maker. Amen. Ooh. You know, my. it's been eight years since I've, and I've told this, you know, plenty of times. One of my hardest struggles that I've ever faced in my life, you know, as a man on this earth. Um, you know, being without your children. Now, now, folks, I'm talking about not hearing them for on their birthdays, not hearing them on Christmas, not hearing them on, you know, any other holidays. I'm talking about I've gone w- full years without even hearing their voice. It's been one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life. Prophet Mitchell came here several years ago and I was sitting in the back then and he didn't know me and he come up to me and he said your family is going to be reunited with you and I believed that with all my heart because I believe in God you know but I stopped operating in Jerry Klein's timing I'm just going to live and operate in God's whenever God was ready I was going to be ready so I just held on to that so, you know, not knowing when the time would come, you know, just happened to be this year. I finally had my breakthrough. I was supposed to get my kids for one week this summer, and that's it, just one week. Now, I had to return them after that week, but then she said, okay, you can get them next weekend. That next weekend turned into... Well, you can just keep them until they're ready to go home. And then that turned into, well, you just take them back because they're, they were supposed to go home um, a couple weeks ago. So then as, a, as a, when I got them again, I, was going, I didn't think I was going to see them. They live, my kids live in North Carolina, okay? So, and, and it makes it difficult, and I have a family here. So we were all crying in the car. My kids didn't want to leave. They had me all choked up crying. And I said, you know, they're, they're ready to go home. I mean, they had to go home. So we we're on our way to Glen Burnie from up here. And um, as we we're on the way, I mean, it was hard enough to take them out of the house because they did not want to leave me. And I didn't want to see them go. But 
on her way, I said, I said, children, I said, we serve a, a prayer answering God. The only thing I know that we can do right now in this situation is pray to Jesus. Because Jesus can turn this situation around. He can bring peace to our sorrow. And I said, you guys believe that? And they said, yeah. I said, let's all pray. Now, it was a short prayer. We said, Lord Jesus, in the name of Jesus, please, please, God, bring us peace. God, you're able to change the situation, God. Whatever you got to do, whatever you can do, God, we believe you for it, and we ask you for it right now in the name of Jesus. As tears were coming down her eyes, as soon as I said, in Jesus' name, amen, my phone went off. As soon as I said, amen. Now, my son is sitting next to me, and I'm looking at my phone, and he... And he's got tears in his eyes, and, and we're reading a text message, and it's from my ex-wife. And she says, hey, do you mind if they go to your, to your father's house for a couple more days, and then after that you can um, pick them up and just keep them until their time to go to school and just take them back to North Carolina for us? And he's seen that, and he's like, they said, oh, my goodness, Jesus answered our prayer in a second. That's the kind of God we serve. God can answer your second today. It don't have to wait. If you have faith, the grain of a mustard seed, God will hear it. God can do it. He can change the whole thing around. He can change your situation around. He can make it happen. Hallelujah, Jesus. I just got to take a victory lap. Faith builder. Now, you don't hear that on CNN. You don't hear stories like that. You don't hear that on Fox. <laughs> Anywhere else. I mean, you come to church and you hear things that God's doing. Amen. I love that. I mean, as soon as they prayed, you know what God will do? God will let you run the show and be tough and be strong and have all the answers. But when you get to the end and you say, we can, we can do, there's nothing we can do. I mean, this is it. And so God designs it that way, folks. You know that? You know? And so when we say, I don't, I don't know what I can do, God, I, can't, I have to depend. And that's when God answers our prayer. And the text message that the phone goes off. You know, people who think they're in charge, she's really not in charge. And I'll just tell y'all something else. Look, the president's not in charge. The governor's not in charge. The judge is not in charge. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory. Amen. I still got time to say a couple things. I know I hadn't shut up since I've been here. I just, it's, just, it's just that kind of a that kind of a feeling here. It's your fault. Hallelujah. Great to see you. 
That's your response. I, listen, I wouldn't be in a dead church for anything in this because God's not dead. It's like I wouldn't go to a ball game where they hit home runs and everybody sits around and does this. You know, looks over to the neighbor and go, that was not. No. If you got one ounce of emotion, if your team hits a home run or kicks a field goal, then you, you, don't, you don't stand to your feet. Well, that's all that's happening right here, right now. That's what happened on the day of Pentecost. When it came like a that's the birthday of the church, by the way. Christianity doesn't give that, they don't say that, but that is where the New Testament grace dispensation church started. Now, the veil in the temple had been rent from top to bottom. Jesus had cried out, it is finished. Graves burst open. Amen. It shook. It got dark in the middle of the day. And then just a few days after that is when the Holy Ghost was. That's the promise that Jesus said, the comfort, I'm going to send the comforter back. You just wait in Jerusalem. I'm gonna, well, it came on that day. Well, guess what? They had three types of people there. They had the mockers. These men are drunk with new wine. You still have those kind of people. They had the middle-of-the-road folks. They were amazed and in doubt. We don't know what this means. So they wasn't going to be, they wasn't going to knock it because they didn't know enough about it. But then you had the third type of people there. We still have those same, that same breakdown. And they were pricked in their hearts. And they said, men and brethren, what shall we do? The question is still the same, folks. Now let me tell you what the answer is. Hallelujah. Acts 2.37, that's when they finally got to that point after the mockers in the middle of the road. Well, you know, we don't know about this. These people, we know, we're Christians, but we can't judge. You know, and so we just kind of, we don't know. But then the reason we're here is that we were that third type. Like, what do we do? There's something to this. Brother Keith, I told him a while ago, looking in that right through here, and you were in that baptismal tank, when you came out of that water, there was a, and I've been seeing you around for a while, there was a look on your face that I had never, ever seen before. Water, just plain water. No, no, hey, nothing that I hear about people having holy water, they sell it some places, even. Holy, I don't know how you can get holy water, you know. But no, no holy water. It just came out of the well in the baptism. And we're certainly not holy. You know, we're just normal people. But the look came and the feeling came and the spirit came for one reason. We just simply obeyed what God told us to do in the scripture. And that's what happened. Amen. And the 38th verse of Acts chapter 2 is the probably the purest form of the message. It's not John 3.16. All that's good. I believe all of that. And it's not, no, it's not in Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. It's in the actions or the history of the church when it started. It's the verbatim action that happened there. And the 38th verse is where Peter stood up with the other people. He didn't get out of order. He was right in line. Amen. He told them what to do. That is the purest form of the gospel that you can get right there, all right? That's after you believe and you know. You, you, but, but he said repent and be baptized. He didn't give an option there. And here's how he said it. Every one of you didn't leave a loophole for anybody. And he told them how in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Told them what for? For the remission of your sins. And in the original, it didn't say remission. It said for the forgiveness of your sins. And then the next thing he said, he promised. He said, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. 
Read it for yourself. Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Read the whole chapter. Amen. Amen. Revelation. Amen. Taking too much time. Revelation 3 and 18. Amen. Just a, a one scripture right here. If you don't have your Bible, look right up here. Amen. This was a church. Amen. Seven churches. God wasn't really too pleased with them. And everybody said, I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire that thou mayest be rich and white raiment and thou mayest be clothed and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear and anoint thine eyes with eye salve that thou may seest. Amen. Several things God promised here. Amen. But he started out with, this is what you got to do first. My advice to you, amen, to the, in the very beginning is that you purchase gold that is tried in the fire. I want to preach to you if God will help me, amen, gold tried in the fire. Look around at somebody, speak to them, wave at them, smile at them, amen, acknowledge them, amen, and you may be seated. God bless you. Hallelujah. Amen. What does this all mean? What is this? And I, I don't have time to get into detail with this, but in a nutshell, what this simply means, it means pay the price. Go to whatever expense that is necessary to acquire this gold. Amen. Well, and I'll be honest with you too here. Amen. Amen. It, it's expensive. It's going to cost you something. Amen. Someone said years ago, they said God's grace is free, but it's not cheap. All right, so so there's some kind of pay here. All right, and I'm not talking about bargaining with God, and I'm not talking about a work salvation. Amen. It is free if you ask, but there's there's a price to pay here. Amen. Before this is all done. Amen. The price that we're expected to pay will probably not be in dollars and cents. You probably won't have to write a check or anything, but it comes in pain and disappointment and in tears and every other thing that's horrible and ugly that happens. And some of you could write a book, a thick book, about pain and sickness and every you name it. Amen. And that's what he's talking about here. In the Old Testament, there was a three-step process to refine mind. Uh, I'm going to say gold, but it's actually ore when it comes out of the ground, when you bring it out. You just very seldom could just find a, a you know pure gold in the ground. It, you know, it's mixed with rock and debris and dirt and and so there's a process and it's normally about a three-step process to purify this gold the initial step amen in the process was to pound and crush the, the ore into a fine powder with a lot of work involved in doing that especially if you did that by hand and that's how they did it ore has an excess amount of undesirable elements in it it's like when you harvest wheat Everything that's growing out there in that wheat field, eventually you're trying to get that wheat, amen, uh, you know, into the oven where you can bake bread. But, you know, everything out there in that field where that wheat is, you don't want it in your bread, okay? So there's a process. You have to cut the wheat. It's kind of like the gold here. You have to cut the wheat, and then you have to winnow it, and, and you know, it's all kinds of processes to get the husk off of it and all of this. And, and so the gold is basically, it's a step-by-step but when we see a wheat field, we just somebody says, "What is that? That's wheat." No, 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 no. That's that's leaves and that's stems and sticks and dirt and and so it takes a process. Gold is the exact same way. Amen. This, this pounding and this crushing illustrates the humbling 
that everyone must undergo before God can begin working with them. We're taught in this country, and I've always had a problem with this. I, I, you know, I don't, I don't mean to split hairs over the thing, but I am a proud American. But I've always known that's the wrong word to use. The Bible says pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit, amen, before a fall. So according to Scripture, pride, that kind of pride is just the wrong word to use. Amen. We should be humble and we should be grateful, amen, for our country and our freedoms and what's going on here. Amen. We should be thankful, amen, for what we have in this country. But we choose somehow, somewhere back in there, amen, to be proud to be an American. Hallelujah. These are little things. You just see these little things that can become uh, big things. Amen. This attitude is described in Psalms 34 and 18. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart and save such as be of a contrite spirit. That's who God is in search of. The Hebrew word for broken here literally means shattered, rent violently, and crushed. When we get to the, just like Brother Jerry, when we get to the end of the road, this is the law already said, I mean, I'm on her side, and whatever she says, she's just going to just pop the whip, and you're going to dance, all right, to the music here. And he knows that. So, Lord, I, there's nothing we can do. If, if, if something happens, it'll be because of you. And that, somehow or other, I believe that's so magnetic. It's it just a magnetic pull. God can't resist a broken heart, a contrite spirit. God can't resist humbleness. I preached for years that nothing moves God but faith. That's not true. I had to back down on that, I had to back off of that. Amen. Because when Egypt was in bondage, and we'll talk about it in just a moment if we have time, the Egyptians were in, uh, or Israel was in Egyptian bondage, and the Bible said that God heard their groanings. It wasn't even prayers. They probably didn't know how to pray. They'd been there for hundreds of years. They were slaves. They were in bondage, and they just accepted it. We're just slaves. And that's how some people are now. The world has told them what to do, played the music, and we've danced to it until after a while we, you know, we just think this is where it's going to be. It doesn't have to be that way. Amen. Maybe you don't know how to pray. Maybe you just groan. God, I just, you know, I don't know how to say a prayer. I don't, you know, but God hears the groanings. He's merciful. He's kind. Amen. He's long-suffering. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to... Listen, I'm feeling my Holy Ghost here today. Amen. Maybe it's going to take a crushing, and it probably will. It won't be fun. Hallelujah. Many other scriptures reinforce this concept of being broken. 1 Peter 5 and 5 tells us, amen, to be clothed in humility. No, no. See, we've got to be proud of who we are. We've got to stand up tall and straight and lift our chin up and defy the enemy. There may be a place for that and a time for that. Hallelujah. Clothed in humility. Because God, here's what he says, watch this. God resists the proud, and he gives grace to the humble. There's not very much preaching on the need for brokenness these days. Not much. Hallelujah. You don't want to stay on that subject. You know, we'd much rather preach about how much power and how much victory we have. But, but some of us are willing to be crushed because that's the only way to get the gold. What does that mean? Listen, something of worth, something that's real, something that's authentic. I, I, I'm not interested in just being religious. 
I'm, I'm not interested, you know, in just going through the mud. I, I need an experience from God. I need a relationship with God. I don't need another sermon. Amen. Especially from somebody that's trying to get my money. Listen, you can find preachers that look good, stand right, preach good, have a great deliverance. They entertain. I told somebody there, I said, you know, go to these meetings and, and all these preachers with goatees. You got to take your notebook and your iPad and they all got, you know, stuff that you jot down and write down and you learn how to live, you learn how to act. And, you know, I'm like, man. And, and then and it, if you listen to the, the CDs, you hear the laugh. Like canned laughter. It's like you're watching a comedy or something because they learn how to entertain. I'm just, you know, that's all good. A little window of entertainment and a little fun. There's certainly nothing wrong with that. You know, Paul said, a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. So, you know, I'm not knocking that. But it can't be all fun and games. Listen, there's a crushing that's got to take place. There's a breaking down and a surrendering. And if you read this, you'll read your scripture, you'll find out that, that the, the apostles and the, and the people that, that Jesus walked with, it looked to me like God would have took care of them. No, they went to prison. Paul said he, was been, he had been beaten with stripes and he had been stoned and left for dead. And, 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 and the list goes on and on. What was happening? He was being crushed to a powder. God was seeing what he was made out of. Hallelujah. Only when we're crushed and of a humble, contrite spirit can the great refiner move us forward to the next step of the character refinement process. You can't do this, you know, with your shoulders back and your chin up. You can't do that. This won't work. God won't do it. He won't do it. That's why Joseph was sold by his own brothers. And this example after example, thrown into a pit, sold into slavery, went down to Potiphar's house and, you know, was false accused and went to prison for that and on and on and on. People in the Bible, what was, what was happening? God was crushing them, getting to the, them to a point where we can't do anything about this. But God, you can. Nothing impossible with you, Lord. Hallelujah. Heaven is your throne and the earth is your footstool. Listen, there's a lot more to teach and preach about that process of crushing and we don't want to stay on that too long but the next step was washing washing with water hallelujah after the ore had been crushed and pounded to a powder and then must be washed with water this gets the dirt and the other unwanted elements out in Acts 22 and 16 amen Paul likens baptism to the washing away of sins did that have anything to do with this why would a Christian try to figure out a way that you can be saved without being bad. Why would he even bring up that? If you go online, you go around Christians, you know, I've dealt with it for years and talked with other people. Do you think a person has to be baptized? You know what I mean? Why, why would a Christian even ask that question? Why would a Christian not want to be baptized? Why would there be any excuse? Why would, you know, why would you ask that question? Hey, the man with the keys to the kingdom that God said, whatever you loose, I'll loose, Peter. Whatever you bind, I'll bind. Amen. And when they said, what must, he was the spokesman, Peter was. And when they said, what must we do? That's the honest question. Well, the honest answer is repent and be baptized, every one of you. Listen, Jesus was baptized, and he was without sin. 
And John didn't want to do it for that very reason. He said, I can't baptize you. Jesus said, you got to do this to fulfill all righteousness. You know what? He was setting a pattern. He was setting an example. And then we got Christian preachers today of some flavor out there that will tell you, well, you don't have to be baptized. Really? Who told you that? Where, what scripture do you have in there? You know, with that. They don't have a scripture. But I have scriptures over and over and over. Look, read the book of Acts. Every time they had a convert, they commanded them to be baptized. In fact, Philip, in the 8th chapter of the book of Acts, he found an Ethiopian eunuch. Powerful man. Amen. Riding in a chariot. Reading the book of Isaiah. Way back in the old, that's all they had during that time. He asked, he asked Philip to join with him, and obviously, you know, Peter asked him, he said, I mean, Philip asked him, do you understand what you read? He said, how can I unless some man show me? And he got into that same book and began to preach Jesus. Oh, out of the, yeah, oh, yeah. He was preaching Jesus out of that, all right? And then apparently he got to baptism because the eunuch finally said, they came to a body of water, and he said, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? So apparently he was preaching to him about baptism. And the Bible said they stopped the chariot. They both went down into the water, and he baptized him. And in the original, I've never read it out of the original, but I know a man who did. And he said he never did say, it doesn't say in the King James how he baptized him, but he said he read it under guard, amen, read that, and he always wanted to know, and it said he baptized him in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I knew how he baptized him because that's how they baptized everybody else until the Catholics came along and changed it to the titles, Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, all right? And so everybody was baptized. The Catholic, the Catholic history would tell you that themselves. I'm not trying to knock the Catholic Church, but they changed it to titles, Father, which is not a name. That's just titles, okay? But the Bible said, whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. So the washing, amen, is a type of baptism. We emerge from the waters of baptism totally washed of those past sins. But, but there are some types and shadows in the Old Testament that give us a heads up on what to expect next. We're not taken by surprise. God doesn't want us to be taken off guard here and blindsided by these things when it comes to our growing and maturing process. Before the crushing ever begins, amen, before the washing away of all the sins and the dirt, we see the whole plan. We see God's design, amen. We see God's pledge to his people or his covenant, amen. In Exodus 14, Israel had experienced their very first Passover. They marched out of Egyptian bondage, and now they are on the edge of the Red Sea. Why did God leave? If you read the scripture right here, God directed them to go right where they were. They didn't just wander out there. It was all in God's plan to hem them up between mountains and the Red Sea. There's another one of those places that God puts us in, allows us to be in. There's no way out of this unless there's a miracle from the hand of God. Hallelujah. Can't get around it. Can't. Watch, I'll read it to you. Exodus 14. Amen. No, no let me find it here somewhere. Yeah, Exodus 14. Uh, da, 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 da. Nope, hey, I'll get down here just in a minute. Israel had experienced their Passover. Okay, they, 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 they came out and they followed Moses to the point, to this very point. And now they were boxed in between the mountains. Uh, oh, it's, it's Exodus 14, 1 and 3. And I, I don't think I have it typed in here. 
but, but, but that's where it's found, where God directed them in there. That, that's exactly where God wanted Israel to be. Why? Because he wanted to show them his power. He wanted to take care of Pharaoh who had been uh, over them and had authority for all these hundreds of years. Amen. It was, it was his design to bring them through the water, and that is exactly what he did. And Paul in the New Testament likened it to baptism. Uh, that We shouldn't ignore this, folks. You know, you see those, Paul called it types and shadows that happened in the Old Testament. Amen. First Corinthians 10 and 11, watch this. Amen. Now all these things happen to them for our, he, he's called, he has a word, in samples, which simply means examples, and they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world had come. That's us, folks. Once Israel made it to the other side of the Red Sea, they sung the, the victory song. They played the tambourine. That just sounds, that's just like we do here. Amen. Amen. Come out of the waters of baptism. All right. It's kind of like a Red Sea to us. It's just standing in our way between us and our, and our victory. Amen. And so uh, they had passed through. Verse 2, and watch this what Paul said. And we're all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. The cloud simply is a type of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, and the sea was a type of water baptism. Amen. All there. Amen. For us to look at, pay close attention. Now, they, they, now after they get done with this, they're facing a wilderness. Hallelujah. That lay between where they were and where they needed to be. Now, now this is the main thought today in speaking to us about being beaten and crushed and, and wounded and then washed and all of that. I mean, it, it's, it, it seems to be a principle of life. When, you know, when life is the hardest, and this is the part I want to get to. There's a lot more stuff to teach in here, but I think you get it. Amen. When, when, when life is the hardest, the strongest faith seems to emerge. That's really how it is. I mean, it is said that the finest violins are made from the trees that cling to the highest, most rugged peaks where the winds are most severe. That's where they get the wood, the right kind of wood to build the instrument that produces the most beautiful sounds and the music. Amen. Amen. Faith flourishes in times of affliction. Now, we don't want that. It's not something we put on our to-do list. Oh, i got to go suffer today. No, no, we avoid it with everything that's within us. But it happens. It comes to our house. It comes to our families. And, that, and when we're broken. and we're, Listen, we have, we have prayer service here. We pray for the sick. That's okay. All right. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's exciting. We pray for people and we talk about prayer, you know, throughout the scripture. But you know what? I, I don't have too many people, even at church, say, please, please. What happens once in a while? Please pray for me. I'm sick. No, but you know what I've done? I'm not a great hospital person. I go to hospitals. I don't like it. <laughs> I've been in there myself a few times. But then part of my job description is to go to hospitals and pray for people. You know, I text message them. I call them, talk to them on the phone if I can get by with it. I just, something about it. I just hate hospitals. I don't like the smell of hospitals. But I can't, when I can't get around it any other way I go and pray for our people. And, 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 but literally, y'all, and I don't look like, like a holy person, I don't think. I don't have my collar on backwards and I don't, don't wear a robe. And most of the time I don't even wear a tie when I go to the hospital. If I can wear khakis and a golf shirt and get by, I do that, okay? But literally, people that are in need, people are boxed in people that are crushed, people that are broken, people who are suffering pain. 
I literally, I can't tell you how many times I'm walking down the, the halls of the hospital and I'm trying to get to like that one room, that room 226 or whatever it is. I'm going to get in there and I'm not a person who stays a long time unless I'm needed and we're just going to pray a prayer and we're going to bless you and we're going to be out of there. So I'm walking kind of fast and I've walked my rooms and somebody says, hey, 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 hey. And then I'd stop and I'd back, back up. And there's somebody in that room saying, are you a pastor? Are you a preacher? Yes, yes, I am. Would you pray for me? People don't do that on the street. People don't do that hardly anywhere. You can knock on somebody's door and try to reach them, and they, they can't wait to get, you know, they're afraid you're going to invite them to church. Listen, I don't care if you come to church or not. I want you to have an experience, and I want you to meet Jesus. Amen. I want him to come into your heart. But see, that's what, oh, you're going to, it could be like my little nephew that's trying to get him to come to church. And he didn't know anything about church, sadly enough. You know, and he finally convinced him, to go, you got to come to church, we're going to come by to pick you up. He said, well, I got to tell you, I, I can't sing. He thought that's just all they did at church, just sing. I, I can't sing. <laughs> you don't know why people come off like they do and why they shut the door in your face and why they, you know, you know they have their reasons, though. But, but, but when people are desperate, when people are suffering, like in the hospital, yeah, again, over and over, please, sir, are you a preacher? Do you believe you? Yes, I do pray. Well, would you please pray for me? And that's when a prayer counts, and that's when it works. We all go through our ritual. Oh, we just time to pray, and we pray. It, it might work, and it may not work. But you get a desperate person. That's why God said the day that you seek me with your whole heart. It's not walking down the aisle and signing a fellowship card. It's not taking the right hand of fellowship and accepting Christ as your person. It's not going to get you very far. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. No, no, no. But a desperate person. You know, they used to call it foxhole religion. I've been in court with people. And the judge said, well, he's got foxhole. What that means is he's facing jail time. He's in trouble right now. What happened? He got serious, and now he's talking to God about it. It just happens. That's how we're made. We're, we're okay. We're fine until, you know, hallelujah. And then we're not fine. Hallelujah. The most beautiful people we have known are those who have known defeat, experienced suffering, known struggles and loss, and have somehow found their way out of the depth. You know, I, 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 uh, I know a few people. I know a few people that I admired their speaking and their leadership, and and somehow. And this is when I was younger, and somehow I'm like, wow, you know, they just got it made. You know, they got a nice suit on. You know, they drive a nice car, and they carry themselves well, and they speak well, they preach good. And, and I just felt like somehow they circum because they were good and holy, and, and yeah, they just missed that. No, no, and, and got to know some of those people. And they had gone through some of those horrible situations. But, see, that was the making of them. That was the crushing Hallelujah. What what are you, you going to do when you get crushed? Listen, you can do two things. You can get angry at God and curse God, and you know, or, or it can humble us, and we can turn to God. Amen. God, I need your help here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm not trying to be sad on us. Amen. But the Oakleys, you know, precious people that we met.
But it was a, it was a hard time for them when we met them. And I, you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm not trying to be callous, and I'm, I don't want to be. But, you know, you do funerals and you do hospitals, you see tragedies and you're called in at the very worst times. Sister Sue was at your house when Bernie was, they hadn't even taken him out of the house. He had just passed. And th these things, you know, you, you have feelings about it but, and you deal with it. But it does, after a while, it's just, just something you do. And you bless and you help and, you, and you're there. Amen. But when they wheeled that little casket in right here, casket about this long. I was standing right over here and I don't know if Brother Green some of our elders, Brother Thompson were here and I looked and it hit me right in the heart. I said gentlemen, I said brother I may need a little help with this one. I, 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 maybe I pride myself you know and just we just handle this and we just do this and God's going to help and he does. But once in a while you face something that you just, you just need help with and if we can confess that to God I can't raise this baby. You can't raise this baby by you. And when you, as soon as you confess that, that's when God's going to be right there. Amen. I, I, can't, I can't handle this. That's how it works. Let's all stand together. I'm not done yet. Amen. But watch this while we're standing. Amen. This is a pattern that's, that's, that's throughout the scripture. I'm just pointing this out. It's not a new truth. It could, be a new, it could be a revealed truth. It could be something we just get. Hebrews 11, 24, that faith chapter right there. Watch what it said. Moses had some kind of revelation here. By faith, Moses, when he was coming to years, watch what he did. He refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Listen, he was in the house of the king. He had what he needed, had what he wanted. He was educated. He didn't want for anything. But he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Verse 25, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for us. Why did he do that? Because there was something in the suffering, in the crushing. There was something that he could get there that was not anywhere else. What was he doing? He was trying to, you know, get the gold out. Watch what he did. Verse 26, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasure of Egypt. For he had respect and the recompense of reward. Listen, the heroes of faith had some kind of a revelation or understanding about who was really in charge. Hallelujah. Amen. They seemed to know that the same God that opened doors was the same one who shuts the doors. Hallelujah. But I love, I'm going to close with this. I love how Job, you know, that Job was, was the wealthiest man in ancient times and according to our history, and he just had everything. But God took all that away in just a matter of just a little short period, took it all away. Why would God, this is what people ask, why would God, if he's so good, allow, listen, God's trying to get down where we're living. God's not interested in all of these things. He's interested in our soul. Because this is just a dress rehearsal. Like we're just passing through, amen, the stage of life. And then it's like, it's like he said, life is a vapor, just appears for a little while and it vanishes away. But the Old Testament, I believe Job or, or either one of the wise men said that we're going to our long home. See, that's what God's interested in, the, 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 the eternity. And so all the wealth and all the riches that Job had, it was nothing to God. I mean, God helped him get it. 
But he searched for God. He didn't know. He said, I went forward and God wasn't there. Went backward and God wasn't there. Amen. He couldn't find God. Didn't mean God wasn't there. He just couldn't find him. But here's what he finally did. This is this is what this is what this can bring you to, and this is the whole purpose. He said, But he knoweth the way that I take. You get right down to the bottom. I have nothing now. Hallelujah. He knoweth the way that I take. When he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. When this is all said and done, I'm going to be living for God. If he gives to me and I become wealthy and everything's wonderful, I'm going to live for But if he takes it all away, I'm still going to love God. I'm still going to worship him. I'm still going to give him praise. Hallelujah. I didn't even get to the third step of the process. That's putting this thing in a big container and turning the heat up, all this gold, this ore, all this stuff that's in it. And the heat goes almost up to 2,000 degrees is what they say. And then the impurities come to the top and they skim them off. And they keep, depending on how many times that they go through this process, uh, as to how pure the gold is. The more you do it, the more pure the gold is. Amen. So I just felt like there's times the heat's turned up. But what happens, a lot of the impurities come out when the heat's turned up. Hallelujah. Listen, there's stuff come out of us we don't know is in there. When we get in trouble, get in a bind. I hope that prayers and faith and trust. Amen. I hope that comes out. I hope that's what's in there. Hallelujah. A lot to be said. Probably didn't do this message justice. But, but folks, listen. When we get in trouble, amen, that's our opportunity to prove who we are and what we're about and what we're made of. Hallelujah. God, I'm going to hang in here. Hallelujah. I want to be blessed. I've been trying to convince God to let me have a million dollars. I'd spend it right, you know, pay my tithes, you know. But he hadn't done it yet. He might. It's not over yet, all right? Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. I, you know, I was just thinking in this, I thought, you know, there's several of you right here. You've been through the crushing process, and you've been in the washing process, and that's all that's all good hallelujah but then there's the then there's the heat turn the heat up but we're gonna make it all right we're gonna stick together that's how we do that hallelujah we're gonna be like job when he's tried me in the fire i'm gonna come forth like gold it's gonna purify me even more because you know we've all got some of these little character flaws you know the scripture i've been thinking about lately the bible said of you know, a leopard, or how can a leopard change his spots? God could do that, but but what that simply means, you know, He's dealing with people who are just who they are. And what it's a character flaw, and one of the one of the character flaws is people don't think they have they have any needs. I'm happy just like I am, and everybody else can see the flaw really, really clearly, you know. But that person can't see. So see, God's not going to beat the door down. Remember, He said, "Behold, I stand at the door and knock." 
any man open the door, I'll come in and I'll sup with him. You know, we have to open the door. And first, that starts with confession. I'm not perfect. I'm a, I'm a long way from that. I could use a little help here, God. That's when the process starts, when we open the door for God. Hallelujah. If you think you've got it, think you don't need anything, well, God will probably leave you just like that. All right? It's up to you. He said, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock. Amen. And it shall be open. Listen, I see these. I see these. Come on up, ladies, if y'all want to do this. I see some people coming to the altar every service. It's funny. I'm about as human as you can get. Amen. And maybe what that means is about as unspiritual at times as you can get. Amen. And I'm more like, why are they coming to the altar? I mean, some of the some of the best people, some of the most faithful, some of the most loyal. So they don't need to come to the But in their spirit and in their heart, they still have this feeling of need. But that's the very thing that keeps them growing in God. But when we get to the point like, I'm okay, I'm doing fine, I'm, you know, that's when we stop. Listen, you ain't seen all that God's got yet. He's still got some things to show us. Amen. You can't know all there is to know about God. I'm excited. Amen. I'm looking forward to, a, to that breakthrough. Amen. That pray through, that get through, hallelujah, and get to the next level. Let's put our hands together for the Lord right now. Give him praise. Hallelujah. Glory, Jesus. Come on, let's do it like we mean it. Come on, let's do it like Pentecostals, like apostolics. Hallelujah. Glory, Jesus. Glory, Jesus. Glory, Jesus. Glory, Jesus. Hallelujah. They're going to sing, and here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. A little different. I understand that. Amen. It's okay. But uh, I'm, I'm going to dismiss us and let us go. And if you'd like to stay around, that's fine. They're going to worship and sing a little bit. But if, but if you want to reach over and shake somebody's hand, listen, fellowship is so very vital and so important. Amen. And so I'm going to let you out of here. Hallelujah. Glad you came. I guess we got quite a few guests scattered. So glad you came. Amen. Come back again. Be with us. Amen. We're a little weird, a little odd, a little peculiar. It's okay. We don't deny that. Amen. But we're friendly, all right? Hallelujah. Amen. Don't forget Wednesday night. Come back Wednesday night. I'm going to get into some stuff on Wednesday night uh, that might help us out a little bit. In fact, I'm going to create some more questions for us. Amen. If you don't have a question about something, amen, you may be in trouble already because it's not all been settled. No, it's not. We hadn't, we hadn't got all of our answers yet. And so come back and we'll do what we can to help untangle some of those things if God will help us. God bless you. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. We're dismissed in the name of the Lord Jesus. Shake hands and be friendly.
Sacrifice, your blood flowed red and made me white. My dirty rags are purified. I'm clean. Washed in the blood of your sacrifice, your blood flowed red and made me white. My dirty rags are purified. I'm clean. Wash in the blood of your sacrifice. Your blood flowed red and made me white. My dirty 